0: feeling crazy re- yeah we're recording
1: always yeah all right hit that shit that's right and with that uh hello everybody my name is shibby my name is rooster and this is after two tequila shots the show where Time we out.
0: can you hear the music yeah i can't hear the music
1: you can't hear it i can
0: hear it oh you can hear it okay maybe it's just me gotta start all over it's all good We record
1: Take two. (laughs) Oh, there we go. Yeah, there we go. All right. Hello. Welcome, everybody. My name is Chibi. My name is Rooster. And this is After Two Tequila Shots, the podcast where we talk about current events after taking two tequila shots, unfiltered, uh, uncensored, unpredictable, but always distilled. Uh, Let's go, people. Hello. Hello. So this is double digits. We are
0: here the the big uh yes. Yes <laughs> grande.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Number uh number I can, I don't know it in German.
1: Uh me neither. Sorry, can't help.
0: Sorry to our German fans out there.
1: Uh, we got a special guest on the pod today.
0: Hey, round of applause
1: What's for
0: up? the Homie Chris who is here in the building with us today on our third tequila shot.
1: That's right. <laughs>
2: Awesome, man. Thanks for having me. Uh well my name's Chris. Um I, you know, have known these guys for a long time. Uh they're poets. I frequent the poetry slams. I don't really perform or anything like that. I'm just kind of the background cheerleader. So just the
0: guy, like, that's yeah. right? But like, I think every scene needs the guy uh-huh. who's just kind of there, sort of as like, not I don't want to say just like like as almost like extra decor, decor come to life <laughs> because like it, it just creates the real sense of like, oh yeah, people frequent this and they
1: hang and it's a vibe, it's a scene.
2: Uh-huh. So I'm, that's who the homie Chris is. I'm the guy that you go outside and yeah. you talk
1: to about your problems because that's where I am. I'm outside, <laughs> yeah, just You're at the poetry event but you're not necessarily listening to the poetry
2: so funny story is one of the first times when I got back to San Antonio from Austin um, I went to blah at hondros and like same thing when I told you about the bagel stories like I was just there like I knew people but like I didn't really you know know anybody well enough to go be like hey what's up guys and so like I was outside and then like Rooster comes up to me he's like hey man like you know am I interrupting your Robert Frost moment over here or, like <laughs> do you want to come inside and have a drink and I was like yeah man I'll I'll come inside and have a drink and then it kind of just took off from there this is you know back when y'all first started at
1: Hondros yeah uh-huh. the homie Chris also has the nickname Baby Rooster mm. which, that's true which I think is hysterical uh, because for the listeners that don't know uh, what Rooster looks like the homie Chris, the homie Chris is, is, similarly.
0: Yes, yes,
1: yes. He's he's based same bi- the build and the fit in the facial hair, facial hair yeah. and the features mm-hmm. and this kind of like mm, it's a vibe. It's happened. There's been times people have definitely confused us. Yeah. So uh, we now have two dusty sis head males on the couch. That's today. right. A Dusty do competition, man. We are, so we are breeding. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> for anyone joining for the first time, my name is Chibi. I'm a publisher, poet, performer, producer, and community organizer. And uh, I watched four concerts over the course of the last two days. Hey, my nice. name is
0: Rooster. I am a writer and author and personality from San Antonio, Texas. And
1: uh, it's Fiesta Week, and I'm happy about that. I had chicken hey. on a stick. <laughs> get into fiesta week in a minute but uh let's talk about let's let's talk about double digits like all right Mm -hmm. this podcast started and triple digits because we just hit we just hit more than five well triple digits has been there for a minute but we just hit more than 500 uh lists 500 listens so thank you to everybody who has been listening and tuning in for more than 10 weeks now this started A little over two months ago when I got drunk and I was like, damn it, Rooster, we're making a podcast. And he was like, all right, cool. And uh, here we are. And apparently you like us. So we like you too. I'm not going to lie. You guys are dope to listen
2: to while, you know, you're just like at work, just trying to like (laughs) do your closing duties. And Uh it's just like, all right, I'm just going to listen to this podcast, you know. But I think a lot of people look for podcasts to kind of listen to and just kind of like hear feedback and stuff about things that they're normally thinking about. And,
1: you know. I love to hear about where and when people listen to this podcast. So you say at work. Uh, I think Carla Cordero said that she listens to it while like doing laundry and like cleaning the house. And Lacey Roop who was on a few episodes ago, mentioned that like they usually listen to it while like at the gym. I think they said like you know yeah. just something like while you're like on the treadmill or whatever, and you're just like hanging out, and, you know, catching vibe. So uh, let us know where, when, and where you listen to this podcast because uh, that'd be interesting. We appreciate all y'all. Uh, Let's talk about this tequila that we already have gone through half the bottle. To be fair, there are three of us here today, Mm -hmm. but uh, we've gone through half the bottle. Uh, This week's tequila is brought to you by uh, Dwayne, The Rock Johnson. This is The Rock's tequila? This is The Rock's tequila. Oh, shit. Deremana Every time I go to Specs, there's like a giant life-size cardboard cutout of Dwayne The Rock Johnson just standing there being like, tequila. And I'm like, but you're Hawaiian. I know, right? (laughs) He's the most electrifying man in entertainment, dude. That's right. That's right. He he gives the people what they want. And so he gave us this tequila, Terramana. It's a small batch tequila.
0: How do we feel about celebrity tequilas in general? (sighs) Does The Rock get a pass?
1: Well, I mean, by those
2: standards, then, you know, why does The Rock get a pass versus anybody else? No, that's
0: why I want to start there, because I don't think The Rock—I don't think The Rock gets a pass. Yeah. I've kind of
2: always been anti-celebrity
0: alcohol. Uh I know um, Dan Aykroyd from Ghostbusters fame— Makes the Silver Skull vodkas. Oh, that is that his? Yeah, that's cool. It's,
2: he's like wild about the Crystal Skulls. Like, oh yeah. Have you, ever, have you ever heard him talk about the the Crystal Skulls? Big, no.
0: Big time conspiracy, alien crystal Yeah, Skulls he's out guy. of his mind, dude. Oh I love wow. it. Yeah, he he is the Ghostbuster. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I'm a fan of Crystal Skull. Like, yeah. when, when it's it's a pricey tequila, <laughs> and like when I got my promotion at Mac, that was like the excuse. Like, all right, we're buying the fucking hundred dollar, right. uh, Not tequila vodka. Yeah. Uh, and it's totally worth it. It's so good. Yeah, I've never seen it, but I imagine it comes in a bottle that's shaped like a skull. Yeah, oh, yeah. We, we have but it in the in the oh, yeah. China cabinet. We'll show to it out to later. you later. Uh, but right now they actually have like a, a smaller rainbow colored crystal skull. Nice. And I almost bought it just because of that. But I'm like, I, I can't justify a $50 vodka right now. I just right. cannot. Um, so it's a vodka. It's a vodka. It's a Crystal vodka. skull vodka. Okay. super smooth. So good. Next special occasion. But Celebrity Tequilas.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Cuz I know George Clooney has his vodka. Or okay, tequila. so we,
2: we talked about appropriation last night. <laughs> we, right? we, we talked did. a
1: lot about appropriation so, yesterday. Like,
2: would you consider this cuz I mean tequila comes from Mexico. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so you have all these celebrities who are just kind of endorsing, you know, these different like mezcals and stuff like that. And like are they really avid tequila drinkers or are they just kind of like putting their brand on something?
1: Oh, it's one hundred percent putting their brand. And it's, like, an, it's a
2: revenue stream.
1: Yeah, and there's been like a, a deep dive on it to where like all of these celebrity um, tequilas that are coming out and all the jazz—they're the exact same tequilas that. Other brands have slapped their labels on, like Mm -hmm. it's all coming from the same distillery. It's the same distilleries. It's all the same plants. It's the same product, and just different people slapping their names on it. So it's one hundred percent capitalism.
2: Yeah. No. I mean, and that's the point, right? Because I don't, I don't think the Rock is necessarily connoisseur of tequila. No. Right. So he's not going around. I
0: don't even think he drinks that heavy because of how much he works out. This is true. This is true.
1: I mean, you know, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. If you want to clear up any misconceptions, you're always welcome on the pod. Just, just putting that out there.
2: You know, I feel like it would be very motivational for no reason. <laughs>
0: like,
1: und-
2: you know?
0: yeah, just horribly like motivational. He would just start
2: giving us life lessons
0: <laughs> at every turn of the day. Like, hey, man, uh you know, you're, you're t- like,
2: cool. We asked, we asked, like, what wrestling was like, and you just told us that we need to go out there and get it. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. uh If he ran for president,
0: would not, would not, no. No. would no. not vote. No, for I, the rock.
2: I just, I, I don't
1: think that politics should involve celebrities i really don't <laughs> you know yeah no
0: oprah same thing
1: nah, nah not needed no. but how do we feel about the tequila itself
0: it's t- it's not bad i think it it has mm. some sort of uh almost peppery notes
3: mm. to mm. it
0: i do taste that that uh smoke
3: it,
1: it, it. The agave punches through on this one, though. It does. It okay, does. so I'm going to be honest. I have
2: no idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> All I know is that we took three tequila shots, and it's doing the thing <laughs> that I needed to you're, do. You're
3: feeling the warmies. Yeah, you're for sure. I'll, I'll definitely know. feel the warmies. You know,
2: and that's the crazy thing, because, like, you know, like, I, people were into, like, scotches and, like, mm-hmm. different cigars. Like, I don't really understand any of that. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, like, sure. I'm out there, like, you know, give me a whiskey and Coke. Give me a tequila and Sprite. Like, let's uh-huh. get weird. Kentucky uh-huh. Deluxe. <laughs> you know, they're like, oh, do you want bottom shelf or t- Top shelf. I was like, I don't, like, what? Like, no, you don't have to go all the way up there. Like, you know, it's like, there's one right here on the table. It does the job. It does the job. I brought Chibi a bottle of armadillo. I don't, I don't know what it was called. It's still in the kitchen. Yeah. It's like this really like fancy glass bottle of like, it has like two armadillos on it. And (laughs) it's like a a tequila that I stole from a wedding. Like, you know, it was like the bride and the grooms and like they were closing for the night and they were like, hey, like we have all these bottles, which is funny because like I went to this wedding in Laredo, mm. right? And usually
1: it's Bucanas, Bucanas. So so <laughs> funny
2: story is like you know uh, my uncle was helping my cousin, you know, set up for the wedding, and so like he was like, I don't need to hire bartenders. I have workers because he works for the 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 water plant. Okay. Mm. And so he was like, I'm just gonna pay these guys a hundred bucks each, and like they ha- out and drinks. they can be the bartenders. Cool. Sure. So I go up there. And I asked them for a tequila and Sprite, uh-huh. right? And the guy pulls out a red Solo cup, <laughs> fills it up to the top with tequila, and hands me a can of Sprite. Love it. Yes. And I was like, oh, it's that kind of night. And I was yes, like, you know what? Is. I'm not even
1: mad because this is an open bar, and let's get it. Yes, it is. Yeah, that tequila, it was good. It was fine. It, it was a little heavy. Um, it was anxious.
2: Yeah, it, it feels like a... like. I imagine people who smoke cigars heavy, yeah. would like drink, like sip on that kind of tequila, yeah,
1: yeah you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and
2: I still don't know the difference between shooting tequila and sipping it. Like I really don't. Do you, do you savor the flavor
1: profile, is what yeah. it is, you know. Yeah. Well, because
0: you don't really sip whiskey, do you?
1: Not really, no. Yeah. no <laughs> homie Chris takes it to the face. That's right. Yeah. I mean, just like the rest of San Antonio. I'm
2: just going to streamline my bad decisions. Go.
1: There yeah. we go. There we go. Well, it is fiesta week, so the rest of San Antonio is having tequila with us. So. Let's get into the news. Major news recaps of the week.
0: So. First and foremost, uh, this is that special time of year where in San Antonio we kick off Fiesta. It's called week. It's more Mm -hmm. like, what, 20 days? I don't know. It's It's a. (laughs) It's it's here just, we go. So <laughs> San Antonio is always in the top three of most intoxicated cities in the country. I think it's
1: one. I think it's number one as yeah. drunk, drunkest city in the country it's usually, per capita. It's
0: usually us battling some small town in New Jersey. <laughs> And then
2: I, uh, I, I just heard that we're on top that's we, what we, I, yeah, yeah. I yeah I mean we, we go dr- for we it. drink a lot
0: and uh, one of the largest reasons for this is because of the Fiesta celebration which for those who don't know and, and I think this is always an, an interesting fact It kind of puts it into perspective for people it's like three times the size of Mardi Gras for like 20 days
1: yeah
0: Um. and yeah. I checked it out it was like Mardi Gras usually pulls in about a, like a million five of people uh, Fiesta is like about three almost four mm-hmm. and so just Downtown is packed. There's all these other events.
1: There's food everywhere. Mm -hmm. Parties. uh, ludicrous Theme divining events. Yes. Uh, Uh, Nyosa, which for the- Nyosa stands for- uh, Night in Old uh, San Antonio. Yes. Night in Old San Antonio. And it's basically just an excuse to, like, get drunk and walk around, like, old historic buildings.
0: Sure. Yeah. Downtown is- Everyone is shwasted right now
1: in the city. Yeah. There's an oyster bake, mm-hmm. which I don't know what oysters have to do. Where are with we getting visa. our oysters from?
0: That's always... We don't like, ask where, the we questions. We don't know.
1: No, we do not ask those questions. We don't want to know how the sausage is made in this case. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've n- I've never been and never, never had, but I assume the Gulf Coast. But I don't sure. know what oysters have to do with F- Mexicans and Fiesta. I'm sure there's some kind of history there.
0: Well, a lot of the history... From what I know, and if anyone... Knows more than I. Please correct us. Email us. But it's it. It started out as a fundraiser for St. Mary's College. Oh, and so that's why it's always there.
3: Yeah, the oyster bay, the oyster bay. Okay,
0: and so like, and that's not too far from where I live. So it's like you cannot. You just have to avoid that street. Uh uh, All the like for this whole stretch, like that weekend, because Uh it's just packed full of people. They get a lot of famous hip hop artists, country artists, techno artists from like the early 2000s to perform. <laughs> and there's just alcohol yeah, everywhere. Do you want? Oysters everywhere. Yeah. Chicken on a stick, which is a staple. Uh-huh. And it is a blast. And okay. then you have Taste of New Orleans, which is mm-hmm. happens at I think at the Japanese Tea Gardens. Okay. And that is its own sort of vibe, Cajun food, crawfish boils, all types of that stuff. Like it gets popping. Not to all, mention all these the, are different the, the events, parades, right? All of them are different.
2: So events. like you could theoretically go to oyster bake you could go to taste new orleans you yes. could yes.
1: go to niosa because, again, this happens over the course of, what, two to three weeks? Yes. Something like that in April?
0: I mean, it's- Battle of <laughs> Flowers, the River Parade, the, the the Fiesta Parade, which is a separate from the River Parade, you have the, um, what's that historical spot downtown in Southtown? Uh,
1: King William's Fair. Uh-huh. So that's its own parade. I know there's a fancy hat brunch. Yes. Of some sorts. And then there are medals.
0: Yes. The Fiesta. Oh, the medals. Oh, the medals. Oh,
1: the medals. So I used to work for
2: a restaurant, and we- used to do a catering event for um web party
1: yeah
3: uh-huh.
2: for fiesta
3: oh,
1: well, we stay on the web party
2: yeah, yeah yeah so like i i did it two years in a row and essentially like you know they needed vendors and we would go out there and like we would vend food and you know it web party is you know drag queens mm-hmm.
1: community like you know it's just it's a, a fundraiser th- for the san antonio aids foundation
2: mm-hmm. yeah yeah it, it, it's a big party yeah you know and it was probably some of the most fun i've
1: Ever had
3: Uh You know
2: But like that's the only Fiesta I've ever really experienced You know Because like You know As someone as introverted as me You know Going downtown Finding the crowds And stuff like that Finding parking
1: Being amongst the crowds You're absolutely I I actually forgot That the web party Was part of like The Fiesta events Mm -hmm. And like I've When I worked at Mac, we would usually body paint models for the web party, and so they'd give us like complimentary tickets to go, or like one time we actually set up a booth there and we're doing like touch-ups or whatever, so uh, similarly to you, that's I think the only event I've ever been at, because like I, Don't do Fiesta unless I'm being paid to be at Fiesta. All the Fiesta events that I've done has been because somebody contracted me to go do something there. Otherwise, I want nothing to do with that.
0: I think that's normal. A lot of the locals, it it depends because there's some locals who this is like our Super Bowl. So you go to as many of the events, you collect the medals, you party out. And the other thing is this is also a really interesting time for the city because most jobs – understand like you're not really (laughs) gonna be working like to peak performance for this stretch
1: everyone's gonna be drunk for three weeks over
0: drunk (laughs) on drugs potentially um so so i agree because like i shout out to eddie vega he being an alumni of saint mary's for years, he would be like, hey, do you want to help volunteer mm-hmm. and get into Oyster Bake for free? So I would go and, I, and we would work the Tejano stage. Uh-huh. And really all my job was was making sure that a cooler that had beers for the axe had
1: ice. Okay. And so
0: <laughs> I would just sit there and then you just go venture off. So similarly, like I don't like paying for uh, Fiesta events because some of them can be pricey.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Uh Same thing with driving. Never drive. That's tip number one. Always, Always take, take an the Uber. Via. Take a via. Take an Uber. Yes. Uh, Don't wear chanclas. Because you will walk in someone's something, something or nasty. out. Yeah, it's bad.
2: Um, but other than that, I mean, it's a great time. I mean, how do y'all feel about San Antonio's no refusal for like drunk drivers? You know, because that's the reason why you would take Via and Uber because you know they like the cops are out. Yeah, you know? yeah. Wait, wait, what's no refusal? Sorry. So no refusal is um, essentially like if you get pulled over, like you have to take the breathalyzer, right? Because they. They know what's going on mm. in the city, and like that's what you're gonna do. Like they're gonna see if you're. I'm not drunk mad
0: anymore. at that because it's like it's Fiesta week. Yeah, you can't just be like, I know my rights, officer. Not gonna blow into that, even though you've been you, you just swerve like through six lanes of traffic.
1: Yeah. Um. and I, I mean, and like we said, just take the Uber. Take the just Uber. Take the, Uber. T- take the Via. You know, do, do 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 something where you don't have to get behind the wheel because you know you're gonna be drinking, and mm. so just just do it another
0: tip if you have the introverted friend such as the homie chris all day. <laughs> have them drop you off but promise like hey bro i'm gonna get you a sausage on a stick chicken on a stick get you some medals <laughs> and blah 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 and they're usually cool with that like pick us up in 30 you know three hours
1: You're good. The the medals thing is bonkers to me because like I I have one medal because Mm -hmm. Mac had a medal one year because we were raising money for the San Antonio AIDS Foundation. So I got one. That's it. Uh, It's like Pokemon. That's all it is. Yeah. People walking around with these vests that I'm like, that must weigh like 200 pounds because you've got medals upon medals on this thing. That's
0: why every business knows like it is the fundraiser to do if you can... There, there's the metal business uh-huh. here in San Antonio where <laughs> no matter what you do, uh, I mean, I know, like, individuals who are their own, like, independent contractors, artists, and whatever, yeah. they make their own metals yeah. just because they sell. As yeah. soon as someone's grandmother or aunt realizes, hey, I can buy metals from you, they're buying them. So I, like
2: I, I, knew a, I knew a, uh, one time when I went to the web party, there was a lady who was giving out medals, and it was just her cat.
3: Yeah. Like it, <laughs> you can make medals for she didn't out have anything.
1: Business, out of anything. No business. None, none of She had nothing.
2: It was just a medal of her cat and she was just giving them out. Mm-hmm. I I used to have that medal. I don't know what happened to all my medals. I've moved so much.
0: I never get the medals. But like it was
2: literally just a medal of her cat and she just like loved her cat so much that she made a medal and she was like, Here, everybody, here's my cat. I mm. forgot what the cat's name was, but it was on the
1: medal. <laughs> for for people that don't know what we're talking about when we say medals, it is literally you know those things that like you pin on to like your lapel that comes like with a little, a, a little me- ribbon thing, uh, and metal. then, and then, yeah, uh, a solid enamel metal thing, yeah, that. So, then here's my hot take just because we talked about it on the pod a few weeks ago Fiesta to San Antonio. Is what the Washington birthday celebration is oh to Laredo God. times like yeah. thirty. I, I well, just yeah, want everyone to know that
3: I
2: I
1: am from Laredo <laughs> and I know exactly what Chippy is talking about. Yeah, no, well, so do the listeners if they listen to this pod because we talked about it at yeah, length you did with Paul at length. Uh, yeah, uh, but Paul yeah, times didn't thirty. Yeah. yeah, times thirty because like the city is thirty times bigger than Laredo. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, But yeah, that's that's what this is. It's just yeah, yeah. a wild and completely confusing. Mm Because when you look at everything that goes on, none of this makes sense at all.
0: I mean, well, because like then you have some of it is tied to a historical actual events because it is in some ways tied to the Alamo. And then you have what's called like the Battle of Flowers, which if you read the story on that, it's actually kind of nice. It was basically some women during the uh, I forget which battle it was, was tired of the violence. So they come out and they throw flowers instead of bullets. And Uh it's like this whole beautiful thing. And so it is tied to some of the cultural history of the city. But it has since like blossomed or you can say just gotten completely (laughs) out of hand. Uh where it it used to be like a maybe three to four day celebration. Kids get off of school for Fiesta Friday. And now it's gotten to this point where it's like 20 days Mm -hmm. of just every business, even local businesses that have nothing to do with Fiesta. They maybe make some sort of Fiesta event. The clubs go Fiesta. It's just this huge
1: thing yeah, that everyone's involved in. run
0: with it, you know, run with it. And yeah. that's how we keep uh, uh, that uh, most intoxicated city title. Right. So, so well, how many
1: to- for the listeners that don't live in San Antonio, which might be like three of y'all? <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: Shout out to Carlos Cordero. Yeah. <laughs> three hundred and forty million dollars is the economic impact that Fiesta generates for San Antonio. Two point five million people is how many people attended. Sixty thousand dollars is the average. Cost, average cost in dollars for the Fiesta Queen of Courts dress after late. That's ridiculous. 32,000 is the number of chicken on a sticks eaten by Fiesta goers. 25,000 is the number of tortillas eaten by Fiesta goers. 17,000 pounds of beef, 15,000 oysters eaten. It's ridiculous. It's huge. It It, is a behemoth. You know, I I have a patient who's from out of
2: state who comes every year. For Fiesta, goddamn right, he comes every single year mm. for Fiesta, um, and like I think it's cool. He like it for
1: him. It's like the best time of the year for him, mm. you know. So I'm here for it. Speaking of behemoths that uh, have gotten out of control and Good people segue. go to for everything, Seasonal. Coachella, yeah. Coachella happened this oh, Coachella. past week. So have either of y'all ever been to Coachella? I have never. I've never been a fan of
0: music, like. Uh, festivals. So not a fan of music festivals. No, but it's also because so similar to the homie Chris, like i I'm, I'm more of an introvert, but also. I do very poorly in large group settings. Oh yeah. Like, and, and <laughs> I, it took a long time to realize this. And this was kind of why, like in my early twenties, I drank because like, you realize you are like, why do I have to, it's just how I can get acclimated to like large crowded people, loud spaces and stuff like that. My, my, I get very overstimulated very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so like music vessels have always generally been out for me. I do. Re- I think they're great. I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, how they've blossomed. But I do think that there's this weird sort of commercialism aspect of it where now it's like really, really expensive.
3: Mm-hmm, and I absolutely. think this goes back
0: to the 90s with like the bringing back of Woodstock.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so where now it's like it, it's it stopped being about people coming to an event for an affordable, affordable event and enjoying music and, and frivolity mm-hmm. to where now it's like, no, this is brought to you by Pepsi. This is brought to you by so-and-so. Mm. This is Frank Ocean brought to you by
2: Schmirnov or The Rocks Tequila. <laughs> um, and I don't like that. Yeah, no. Um, uh, so I, I actually used to work security for music festivals. I, I worked for a company up in Austin. And um, we would go. I, I, it was in 2011 and 2012. Mm-hmm. I went to Bonnaroo and ACL that year, and then in 2012 I did Bonnaroo, ACL, and Fun 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 Fest. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that was a big one. Yes. So um, is
1: that still around? I don't know.
2: Actually, I I, I don't know. You know, I'm so disconnected from well, that. Well, no, because COVID changed a lot of yeah. these to
0: so where coming back might have been hard. I don't. I generally don't I like, like fun, fun Fun. Yeah, Fun 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 Fest, fun, fun fest was. Hard.
2: Yeah, no, I loved Fun 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 Fest, and um. No, you're right. Like, there, there is... So, like, when you look at the music festivals back in the day, right, you had all these artists on all these stage, and people were going there for, like, this experience, you know? They would, you know, show up, they would be camping out, and it would be, like, several days where they were just kind of, like, partaking in whatever they felt like partaking in and, like, just enjoying these bands. Mm-hmm. And now, it's more... Like, there's more of a monetization behind it, mm-hmm. right? So, you have, like... But there but needs to be in order yeah, to for keep sure. it viable and like for sure, to keep for sure. happening. But but mm. I think I think it kind of overshadows the experience itself, right? Because like take um Burning Man for instance. I don't know, there's a burning there's a documentary on Netflix about Burning Man uh-huh. and it, it's out in the desert and it's all these bands playing, and the idea is that like, you go out there and you experience life in the desert. Mm-hmm. Right. And I I recall an interview with one of the patrons where they were talking about how, like, you know, you would have all these, like, what they called, like, newbies mm-hmm. who would come to, like, uh, Burning Man and be like, hey, like, where do I get water? Where do I purchase this? Where do I purchase that? And it's like, no, like, that's not how it works. Yeah. You know I mean? You kind of come for the experience, and it's kind of a barter system that we have going on here. Uh-huh. Like, you know, like, this this woman over here makes costumes, and therefore, like, you know, she's willing to trade for, like, you know. Whatever. Whatever. Like, you know, and... um. I feel like uh, the music festival has become more uh, like a lot more commercial from what I remember when I was working security.
0: Because a lot of people can just invest in it now, like literally banks can invest in it. Uh Um, Hedge fund brokers can invest in it because it's like, okay, we put up this much money and we're going to generate this much back and Uh charge every single vendor, every single like element of the, the, the event itself. Like yeah, it's it's gotten crazy for a lot of reasons. That's why you had a fire fest happen. Yeah.
1: So let me put some context and then history on this, because for the longest time, Coachella and Burning Man had like crossed wires in my head, yeah, and I yeah. thought they were the same thing. And like I'd written off Burning Man as like this strange white hipster thing in the (laughs) desert. Because they were both in the desert, right? And so like they they were crisscrossed in my head and I was like, I want nothing to do with Wiccans out there just burning (laughs) some shit. I I don't know. It was it was strange. Uh, but like my first concert experience was Ozfest 2001? On. I, I was gonna ask you all that question. What was your first concert experience? So, yeah. Ozfest? Ozfest 2000 or 2001. And so, like, my first concert experience was essentially a music festival. And then I went back the next year. So, like, I get confused who was who on what year, but like, System of Down, Korn, Slipknot, uh, S- Slipknot uh, both Ozzy and Black Sabbath. Um, Marilyn Manson, yeah. Zach Wild, like you know, just all of, I, I get to see all of these bands yeah. sponsored At by Chinto Jeans. Yeah, <laughs> and then of course you know Stare like Airwalks, <laughs> <went, Went>. Volcom.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah, that was a vibe. It uh, was uh, a Henny's booth there. That's probably. right,
1: early two thousands.
0: But see, like and Ozfest to me never felt like a music festival because it it was like it was a one day thing. It was a monster tour. Cause yeah, you yeah, had, yeah, like yeah. And up it and went smoke. everywhere
1: versus. Everywhere. versus you having to go to it. Yeah. Right. And similarly like I went to many of uh, Vance Warp tours, sure. you know, because yeah. again it was like I got to see all of these. Yeah. And then living here in Austin, I went to ACL in 2008. And you
0: remember how ACL used to be you know? cuz it was awesome. I remember I went to ACL just randomly because I had a friend of mine who was from Austin in college and was like, "No, Austin City, I didn't I had never heard of it." So I was mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, fuck it, let's go." And back then that was when you did not need uh, like passes as much as you need now because a lot of the bars had their own ACL events. Yeah, yeah. yeah and own. I remember being just in some upstairs bar for like a bar that's not even around anymore called the Ivory Cat, mm. and like Fallout Boy just played yeah. before they yeah, were. No, yeah, that was a
2: thing. Like you know, yeah. it, like the artists would go and like play the events at ACL, whatever stage that they were set for, and then like and they, they would, would go, go do... down to Sixth Street or they would go down where whatever venue. The same thing yeah. used
1: to happen with and South by play. Southwest, yeah, uh, where you could just catch a whole bunch of free shows. Uh, they used to put on on the east side back with the before the east side was completely gentrified mm-hmm. was they called it fuck by fuck you yeah so at the same time as you've got this like super expensive conference happening you've got this completely free conference happening with like local artists mm-hmm. or just even regional artists mm-hmm. yeah no it was great so yeah. I like I I like the idea. I haven't gone to, you know, a music festival since probably ACL in 2008 because similarly like it got hella expensive and also crowds. I, I haven't been to one
2: since I worked them. Yeah. <laughs> like eight, eight, eight. how many years? <laughs> uh so this is 2012, so a what a decade, about yeah. 10 years. Yeah. It's about been a long years. time, you know. How,
1: but how so I did this deep dive on Coachella mm-hmm. because it was happening and there's this documentary out uh currently on YouTube about Coachella. And it was interesting to me to see like how the history of it was very much rooted in like this punk rock kind of oh yeah all of uh, them were yeah this,
0: Lollapalooza was too yeah, yeah
1: very anti mainstream we're gonna do this because yeah. fuck Ticketmaster is what it was yeah. you know Pearl Boom. Jam the irony <laughs> No, yeah. yeah for sure and how it's com- it's how it's come but I think it's uh, they were talking about how like your Coachella, as an artist, your Coachella performance is like a career-defining moment of like, if you do it right. yeah. You know, Who's the, the big defining artist this year? Because I would argue Becky G. I didn't see Becky G's uh, performance. Okay. Fair, I, fair, fair. I would argue Bad Bunny. No, Bad Bunny's already been established. Sure, but the performance that he put on and also to be the first uh, uh, Latin uh, artist to headline the show is kind of a big deal.
0: Okay, but now we have to have the conversation of... What is what music genre was Coachella for? Because I think that's changed over the years. Too, yeah, yeah, because
1: when it started, it was rock and dance. Yes, it was know? like a
0: rave for hippies and yes. alternative heads. Yes. And now it's just sort of
1: everything
0: yeah like you know and i don't think there's anything wrong with that per se mm-hmm. but i think it goes back to what the homie chris is saying with like this commercialization of it mm-hmm. uh where now it's like yeah you'll have a meg the stallion at a coachella you may have a meg the stallion at a Lollapalooza. i mean you had beyonce well, last year
1: Yeah, or What
2: actually i think the better question is can an artist be like defined by a singular performance because think about like Queen mm-hmm. at uh, what was what was a really famous oh, live age, yeah yeah, 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 right. That was one of the most iconic performances, yeah. ever. So like you know, yes, Bad Bunny, be. Bad Bunny is established already, but like when you look at his performance at Coachella, which I didn't see, yeah, right, that could be a real defining moment in his career. Things I, that something that's
1: watched. Over and over, over and Beyonce, over. Beyonce, Beyonce, last mm. year, that yeah, that performance. I'm, I'm
0: pushing back. I think Bad Bunny at the Grammys defined him. I think Beyonce at the Super Bowl is the top shelf.
1: I think I think Beyonce at Coachella was much better than Beyonce at the Super Bowl.
0: But I think in terms of eyes and impact, because that's what we're talking about is eyes and impact.
1: There's a whole fucking like Netflix documentary on Beyonce's performance. At Coachella, like, yeah, at Coachella. It's called Homecoming, I've, and oh it's man. this complete homage to HBCUs oh, okay. across the country. Like, that performance was ridiculously amazing. I
0: yield the floor to the tequila because I, it's not my demographic. <laughs>
1: no, it's not your demographic, yeah, yeah. but it was incredible. Sure, 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 sure. So I totally what, yield, yeah. What Bad Bunny did this year that I thought was really interesting was, like, he brought on – A lot of other, yeah, yeah. Latin musicians from all sorts of, like Mm -hmm. you were talking about, you know, uh, Grupo Frontera that -hmm. he did a collaboration with. He brought them on. There was this Spanish guitar player that he like did like two songs, uh, two of his songs acoustically with just this like Spanish guitar in the back. Like, is Bad Bunny doing the work that like
0: Mark Anthony, Jennifer Lopez, and Ricky Martin and a lot of other people before him should have been
2: doing? Let's talk about it. I I don't know, man. I I think we're in a different era of music. Yeah, I I, I really think it's evolved. Because imagine.
0: Jennifer Lopez with like Tigres del Norte yeah but
2: like (laughs) but they didn't but But they they didn't didn't, you know because I I think that when you think about Jennifer Lopez like you know she very much she's an American artist so she was a Latin artist Mm. but she appealed to the American pop culture. Ricky Martin, saying, Ricky
1: Martin, same thing. Ricky Martin decided like, I'm going to cross over and be American now. Now, now if Ricky
2: Martin released like a Norteño or something <laughs> <Yeah>. like, that, <laughs> like that,
1: that, that might be a project that I'd be like willing to listen to yeah. because he'd be like, well, let's see where he fucking goes with this. Bad Bunny doubled down and was did. like, no, I'm just taking my music and, and y'all, y'all gonna, gonna like it. it. Yeah. And you know, I think there's something to be said about the, the Latinx of it mm-hmm. all at Coachella this year. Cause you mentioned Becky G. Bad Bunny headline. We watched Rosalia last yeah, Rosalia night. Rosalia and Becky G always welcome on the pod. <laughs> always welcome on the pod, please. Uh, so I think like that's that's in inter- again interesting in terms of like what Coachella can do to redefine or continue to push what is happening in music. Uh, we before we started recording, we we're talking about the Daft Punk concert mm-hmm. uh, and like after Daft Punk at Coachella and what that pyramid performance did. Everything changed after that because it was like, oh, now fest. because pre Daft Punk festival performances was a band on stage playing music. And then after Daft Punk, it was like, oh, no, we need to put on a whole fucking production because we can and get it in front of. When else are you going to get to play in front of what was like half a million people Mm -hmm. that show up? No, I mean, yeah, uh, the people turn
0: out for Coachella. Absolutely. Same with Burning Man. Same with all of them. Uh, and and again, I don't know if necessarily we have the answer on that, but I do think that it, it becomes this question of like, the commercial forces behind the music industry yeah. complicating our relationship to the yeah the music yeah because I, but I will admit this like I found a lot of bands I've
1: never heard of yeah and a lot of artists I've never heard of and it was it was cool like that some was were my favorite shitty, part cool that was my favorite part about ACL was just walking around and being like wait what is that sound Well, well that's, that's from. the point of music festivals
2: yes that, that that's really the point is because you have your like main stage <laughs> artists. And then you have a bunch of smaller stages Mm -hmm. with, like, they could be local bands or, like, up-and-coming bands. And, like, you know, between those sets of the, like, major artists, you know, Mm -hmm. people are walking around and they're kind of like, well, you know, let's go check out the Bud Light stage. Mm -hmm. Or let's go check out, you know, Mm -hmm. the Verizon stage and see who's playing there. Like, I've never heard of this artist, but let's just go see what happens. Exactly. And sometimes they get an experience of a lifetime. Right. And and then those bands might end up taking off. And it's like, yeah, I remember seeing them back when they were playing, you know— on a 20 person stage. Uh, yeah.
1: That happened at, at ACL in 2008, where I discovered it was called backdoor slam, which sounds like a euphemism <laughs> for gay sex. Uh, but they were this Irish blues band. I was just walking down and I was like, what is that? What is that? Where's that coming from? Went, saw them, found them at the merch tent, had them bought a CD and signed it. Like, that's the the beautiful thing about it. And Ebony Stewart, the gully princess, shout out to Ebony, friend of the pod, always welcome. Uh, used to say this about poetry festivals that you come for your favorites, you leave with new ones. Yeah, right. And the 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 headliners bring people in, but then it's the discovery that happens as you're walking around the grounds and just you know like killing time in between. And- Speaking of discoveries, when in 2012,
2: when I was a roamer at Bonnaroo, I was walking around the festival. It was nice. What is a roamer? Wait. So a ro- so you have like the secu- the the security guards. We're well, not really security guards. We're more like. Safety staff, uh, right? Because we don't for safety and wellness. we don't we don't want to feel like we're policing the event. Yeah, right. like I'm a huge advocate for not feeling like we're policing these events. It's all about safety and keeping people and safe. And because
0: there's some people who just might be dehydrated or something. Yeah, 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 sure. And
2: you got to be step in
0: or having a going. really bad it's trip, not just, trip. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> It's not always just like oh, there's activity that maybe. So yeah, so yeah. funny yeah.
2: story is like you know we were at Fun 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 Fest, you know, or I was at Fun 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 Fest and I was working um one of the gates. And these guys are uh, coming up. It was nighttime, you know, so they were coming for the nighttime show. And mm. one of their friends was like, you know, very, you know, not erratic, but like, you know, he was like inebriated, not inebriated, but like he he was very like, you know, they they they're trying to get him to come into the gate, but he was like flocking around and like, okay, you know, they were like, hey man, like you just gotta come. And so um, he ended up like going on the floor and, like, doing, like, bicycle kicks and he's doing all this stuff. And, and so, like, I go over and, like, you know, we're safety staff, right? You know, so we want to make sure everyone's being safe. And we're like, hey, man, like, good. what's going on? Yeah. Like, you're like, oh, no, he's just really drunk, right? I've been around the block <laughs> a few times. <laughs> no. This guy wasn't drunk. <laughs> no, this
1: one's on bath salts. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so I was like, no, 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 look, hey, man, like, like just just tell us what he's on yeah you know and We're here like, to we'll, we'll, we'll take it from here uh or uh, we'll see where we go you know because a lot of people see like the safety staff and the security and they think that like you know oh shit like if i'm not careful i'm gonna get in trouble that's mm-hmm. not what it's about yeah I, I i can i can tell you right now it's not what it's about they like, are not police that is no. not what they are there for despite what people might think so you know it turns out that this this kid was on you know about three hits of LSD. Yes.
1: Right? Man. And Good they man. wanted to go
2: see, I forgot what band they wanted to go see, but like, they were like, we're just trying to make this band, like, you know, and, and they were trying to like, you know, cover their tracks. Uh-huh. They were trying to cover the tracks like, oh no, like, you know, it's because like, you know, I was like, no, dude, don't worry about it. It's fine. Leave him here. Y'all <laughs> enjoy. I was like, y'all go into the festival, go see your show. I will. Guarantee <laughs> you he'll still be here when you get yeah, back. yeah,
1: yeah. I'm <laughs> here for his safety. And
2: so like. I'm there at the gate with some of my coworkers, and we're literally just babysitting this guy. And he's just having the time of his life. Sure. He didn't need to go to the show. Yes. He didn't need to go to the show. Like, he, fun, he was rearranging stars. Fest. You know, he was doing whatever he wanted to do, you know, and he was nice. Like, you know, it was nice. It was like having a pet human for, for like a little bit. You know, we fed him a little bit, you know. Right. You pet him. Yeah. Like, yeah. we made him feel safe. Yeah. You know? Him, and his friends yeah. came back, and they were probably the most grateful like, they're like, hey, man, thank you so much for like looking out for our friend like nah we got you man mm-hmm. like that's that's what that's really what we're here for mm-hmm. is to make sure because like you know we're concert goers ourselves mm-hmm. you know that's how you end up getting that that's how you find these jobs right cuz they're not posting these jobs on indeed you know what i mean <laughs> like that's yeah. how you find these jobs you hear through the grapevine in indeed <laughs> you you hear through the grapevine that like hey yo the, the security company's hiring yeah. like you know uh-huh. come out and like they they give you hey. a whole they give you a whole, like, uh, debrief about, like, what it's about. Like, yeah. you're like, hey, look, like, people are going to a festival. Like, they're there to have a good time. You're not there mm-hmm. to ruin that good time. Yeah, 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 yeah. But back to the Romer story, right? <laughs> so a roamer is not someone who works the gate, but someone who kind of walks the grounds, mm. right? And so we, we would travel in pairs. And I was traveling with this uh, this one guy I had gotten paired up with, and we were walking around Bonnaroo. It was nighttime. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, I don't know if it was Jack Johnson or the Red Hot Chili Peppers that was performing main stage. Both welcome on the pod. Always, Everybody was over there. Right. And so we were walking around. There wasn't a lot of people on like the fairgrounds. And there's a little mini stage. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's these two dudes just playing techno music. (laughs) And I look over there. They got the helmets. Uh They got and i was like that looks a lot like daft punk <laughs> and so wait daft punk was on the side
0: so stage over out. jack johnson and or the red hot chili peppers <laughs> so, check this out.
2: so it, it just wasn't their time slot oh, they were playing oh, like the it. next day or something ah. like
1: that they and were just I, grooving yeah, so they were just grooving in, like the
2: fairgrounds yeah. on this little stage they didn't tell anybody yeah they were just doing it Right. And like people were just walking by them thinking it was just like ambient music. Right. Wow. It's like, oh, cool. Like, you know, the fairgrounds are playing yeah, Daft yeah. Punk like while we're walking around. Yeah. And so, like, we stop and we start looking. And I look at my, my, my roamer partner. I'm like, that's Daft Punk. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, and so they, they, that keep sounds playing. like,
0: uh, you know, one more time playing right now. <laughs> like, no,
2: no. Uh, and so eventually people start to catch on right oh. and the crowd starts coming
1: uh-huh
2: and that's when they cut it
0: oh yeah cuz
2: you they can't you it, can't hear Jack they, johnson they fucking bounce uh-huh. to this day i'm not 100% sure that that was actually that <laughs> <dead punk. laughs> but i'm almost like 99% certain yeah. that it was mm-hmm. yeah right and, but, like, that's the festival experience, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that that's what you get when you actually go to these festivals because the musicians, just like the patrons, a lot of the time, because they're doing multiple shows a night, are staying there, mm. right? Whether it be in their bus or on the campgrounds, like, yeah. whatever. You know, they're staying there. And they also want to have a good time. They want to have a good time. And, you know, and, and like, I get that. You know, to do like a little cameo in the fucking, you know, fairgrounds and to see who even fucking notices that you're actually playing. Like something that they would see you on main stage for. Yeah. You know, you're just kind of like doing in the courtyard. Yeah. Because that's
0: where like I think it begins for a lot of these artists. You know what I mean? Like I'm a wax sentimental for a minute. (laughs) But like, yeah, a lot of them, they start off in the small clubs and the small Mm -hmm. bars and the Mm -hmm. small whatever. Like, Red Hot Chili Peppers Mm -hmm. wearing their dick in a fucking tube sock.
2: Yeah. And, you know, but, like, (laughs) you— And and they miss that. As an artist, you have to miss a little bit of that, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, because the fame is cool, but, like, the intimate setting of, like, performing for, like, a small crowd who, like, like Mm. they're super devout.
1: There are people, too, that just want to, like, experience the festival and have a good time and, you know, like, this whole, like— deep dive that I did into Coachella and like watching the live streams. I'm like, I think I need a re I think I want to go back to a festival. Like mm. I, I remember having a great time and yeah, my concert experiences started with, you know, a music festival of sorts and I've been to many and uh, I always had a good time. And however, I'm you know, also like, can, can
2: I just say this? Like your sound setup and we watched the Muse concert last night was absolutely phenomenal. Like, Oh, I, yeah,
0: no. Shout out to Chibi's
2: <laughs> so sound it, it system. Didn't, it didn't used to be that way. No, right? for sure. It didn't used to be that they would live stream no, these like, no. like huge performances. Because like at Coachella, yeah. like we watched, uh, what was her name? Rosalia. Rosalia. Rosalia is amazing. We watched her live performance, mm. and that's not something you used to get back in the day. Yeah. You had to be you there. You had to go. And it's really cool that you're able to experience that from your home, but at the same time, nothing beats actually being there and I, and I was telling Corey last night you know I was like you you're know, wearing a tank top it's hot <laughs> sweaty uh-huh. you may yeah. be on LSD yeah there, and, there's and there's been bought a joint. you bought your merch yeah. before the show started <laughs> so you're trying to vibe out to the band but you're but holding also on to all this fucking merch protect <laughs> your vinyl
1: you know because like you like I really didn't want to wait in that long uh, line after forgot the show I got this chains addiction there's man a ra- there's yeah. a random joint that's being passed oh, around There's always you're a not random sure what's actually the floors are slippery for some unknown
2: reason like But those are the things that you don't experience unless you're there. And I think – so
1: I I had this conversation back when we saw Lady Gaga uh, in this last tour. uh, We went to Minute Maid Stadium in Houston, Houston. right? uh, Gaga was doing her stadium tour. And I had this conversation where it was like I realized because – Uh, For the most part, 99% of the concerts that I've attended in my life were general admission pit tickets. Yeah. Okay. I'm in the crowd. Straight up. I want to be, I'm going to fight my way to get close to the, close to the stage. Like I want to be here, right here. And watching Gaga at the stadium concert, I realized like, this is not for me. You know, like this is cool. But if I wanted to watch Gaga on a screen, I could do that at home. Yeah. However, that to me is what differentiates... Going to a stadium concert versus going to a festival.
3: Yeah, because, for
1: sure. Yeah, the festival is a whole vibe where you're here with people for a whole day, and you you pop in and out. And sure, maybe there's an act that you absolutely want to like go to, and so like you go like two acts before, and as people leave from previous acts, you start weaving your way to the front and get closer and closer. Like I'm here for all of that, and maybe maybe I need to do it again. Yeah. But maybe it's because I came up in like the the punk rock hardcore scene where Dude, it was can like we talk about we the Laredo hardcore scene for like a second. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the Laredo hardcore
3: scene? Dude. Oh, it's a thing. Oh my no, God. fire
2: off. Look, it's, oh it's a my thing. Wait, God.
0: Before we get into the Laredo hardcore scene, time out real quick. <laughs> Listen, audience members, this is our first double-digit episode. We may go long. Yeah. Please explain <laughs> just, the Laredo hardcore it. scene. But, okay,
1: wait. To finish that sentence, because I grew up in the punk rock hardcore scene, where it's like, yeah, people are moshing, it's wild, it's raucous, but if somebody falls down, you pick them up. them up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you know. And so, and like, I've never I had think that's that experience. a common misconception with metal shows. But... Let's go on this Laredo hardcore scene tangent for a second. I love it. <laughs> I, I actually, you know, so uh, shout, shout out, out to 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 um, uh, House Sal, Sal's. No Sal's, Sal's Pizza, Sal's Sal's pizza <laughs> one Shout one out, one. out to what?
2: Sal's Pizza So Sal's Pizza Is that where it all started? Educate yeah. me please So, if, so that's any, what I remember I don't know if there was Like venues before that But like Sal's Pizza Is what I remember If
1: there were venues Before that They didn't matter Because Sal's, Sal's pizza, pizza Always welcome on the pod Sal's Pizza Put Laredo Hardcore On the map And anybody that grew Like was in The Texas and, Hardcore scene Around the early 2000s Knows Sal's Pizza And he was just Some Mexicano
2: Sure Like yeah. chilling Selling pizza and he was like hey can we have these shows at your venue and And he said the The front half
1: of the building was a pizzeria and billiards (laughs) and the back half was a stage Uh and an open room that's and the best ba- places, though. That's man. where punk rock, hardcore, like really shot off. There was something magical about the kind of environment that, oh, there was the yogurt spot, I think, before. Of course, oh. there was the yogurt. <laughs> spot. So
2: I remember, so I don't remember the yogurt spot, but I remember the dugout. I um. remember um, there was one time where we went to a venue. It was off of Loot. Not loop twenty, but it was off of McPherson. I just learned that y'all have a loop
0: this last time. I was oh yeah, like, oh, yeah so it
2: was it was off of McPherson and Delmar, Delmar. It was uh-huh. McPherson and Delmar. There was one time where they let us pl- not let us, but like they let the musicians play a hardcore show, and it was on the second floor, and there was a restaurant <laughs> under the floor, and so like you have all these like kids mm-hmm. circle pitting, mm-hmm. you know. It was like uh flawless victory yes. halftime. Uh, uh i don't know if dead albatross is a thing yet but like there was five a band families. called our guitars go jun jun five families <laughs> like you know it was just like all these bands playing and they like literally came up from downstairs and they were like enough, <laughs>
1: enough. but that's why like we had these spaces like South pizza i forgot what the yogurt place was but like the yogurt place the the concert happened in the parking lot of the yogurt place. Sure. They were like, actually,
0: no, you know what's crazy? I think <laughs> I know about the yogurt place just through other people because I think they were having shows like up until like 2010s ish. Maybe, probably. But and people being like, yeah, no, we're going to the yogurt spot. And I was like, and I, I mean, you were like the yogurt spot. I was like, the radio, And then same thing wild. Sal's
1: pizza. What? At a pizza joint? Well, but it was a they're small town, so you had to like wherever they would let you. Yeah. And it created – the beauty of it is that you had people behind it that were very much understanding of the fact of the kind of space that they were creating, which was this space where, like, yeah, if somebody falls, we pick them back up. We look out for each other. There's no pretension here. You know, that's what I loved about the Laredo hardcore scene was, like, there wasn't an air of anyone is better than anyone, you know? There there
2: was a moment where, like, might have gotten a little, like – Crazy. A little crazy. (laughs) Um but yeah, no, for the most part, like any metal show that I've been to, it's typically been like dudes who are like just there to like jam yeah. out big dudes, big burly dudes, like girls who are like, you know, just like into metal. And people mm-hmm. are typically very nice because yeah.
1: their outlet is that metal music. Yeah. And I remember coming up to San Antonio for some shows at uh, what used to be the Sanctuaries, Yeah. R.I.P. The Sanctuary, which I later found R. out. R.I.P. The White Rabbit. R. Yeah. R.I.P. The, the, R. White, the I White Rabbit. Jump, that That hurts. I later found out that the sanctuary was also a lesbian bar. And I was Mm. like, oh, now all of these mannequins make (laughs) sense (laughs) because I only ever went there for the hardcore shows. But I do remember it feeling different than in Laredo where we all knew each other and we were all there for each other. I definitely broke a guy's nose once. Shout out to Vic. I'm sorry. Uh, You know, like moshing in the pit. And it's like – I. I threw a kick, mm. and he was crab walking, and my foot met with his face and broke his nose. And then he was like, it's fine. It happens, you mm. know, like, because we we, we understand the rules that. rules of engagement. Yeah. There's actually um, Gabe Texas. Shout out to Gabe Texas, friend of the pod. Always welcome. Uh, he, is that, that Portavilla Tattoos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Villa yeah. Tattoos in Laredo. Uh, if you're in Laredo, go to Portavilla. We stand their work. He's actually done most of my tattoos. I,
2: I, I've gotten... Some tattoos from them as well. I'm going to go down and get some because y'all are just giving the glowing
0: reviews. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Gabe was was instrumental in part of building that scene. He was part of Five Families. He was part of a number underboss. You know, Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but you know he has his own podcast. I didn't know that. Yeah. So um, let me look it up on my phone. We'll figure uh, it out and we'll shout it out in a second. Yeah. I don't have. Uh, he's it, actually but, doing uh, some work to try and create like a, a documentary of sorts about like the Laredo hardcore scene of yeah, the 2000s. So he
2: has a whole podcast episode about the Laredo hardcore scene, about how it started in Laredo. Yeah. Um, and it, it's a really interesting podcast because I think he has one of the guitarists, I don't know if it's from his band or from another band, and they talk about like how, you know, before they – started getting venues in Laredo, they, they originally started playing in Mexico. Mm-hmm. That's, that's where, cause Mexico had a hardcore punk scene, like underground scene. Oh, Monterrey. Yeah. Monterrey. Went
1: hard yeah. In the hardcore punk rock era. Uh, I
0: don't know
1: how to, how I, segue
0: before that. we segue. <laughs> yeah. I do want to say, take a quick moment only because I think we touched on something important, whether it's, festival culture whether it's local culture it's like there there used to be something that that did exist and sometimes still does exist even in the smallest of small towns because y'all mentioned like the oh, a small town the is still a city it, it is a city and like yeah you know, <laughs> there are still the places out there where you have your your cultural centers that don't feel like they get recognized as cultural centers and they are instrumental to living wherever you live and mm. shout out to those places, whatever it is, let us know, email us because like, God damn it, whether it's White Rabbit, whether it's a Laredo hardcore scene, what I, yeah, I, so I mean, South by Southwest before it became a thing like these were all just places where people wanted to jam or pl- places where like. Laredo
2: hardcore this is how we do
0: yeah like (laughs) good
3: friends good times I remember I remember
0: Killeen Texas's rap scene from like the 2000s bro like and it. but like at the same time it was like these were movements and these Mm -hmm. were cultural movements and these were movements that are Laredo
1: border slam 13 years ago you know it's like it's one of those things where like if if you build it they will come and that was that was the impetus behind Coachella Mm -hmm. also if you build it will they come no I mean
0: that's kind of the impetus of this podcast like we talk to however many <laughs> listeners we have and we
3: appreciate
1: all y'all but like we do it for the before the for the 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 reels not the clout yeah and we appreciate you sticking around uh as we're you know nearing the hour of recording and we haven't even moved past point two that <laughs> i blame point. the rock i blame i blame, I blame the, the rain okay it's
0: definitely
2: the rock's fault
0: uh, so speaking of places where you spend a lot of money, <laughs> uh, Fox News just recently settled a lawsuit brought against them by Dominion Voting and was uh, ordered to pay seven 70- the. Eight, no, this is the $787 million. $500,000. Uh, the news agency was being sued for defamation by spreading lies and conspiracies about the 2020 presidential elections. That is an expensive ass lie. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm shouting it out. Um. So <laughs> a lot has already been covered on this. I guess the question is, is the cult of Fox, hmm. how much money they've had to spend on this? They're barely reporting on it themselves no obviously. they're not
1: they yeah they're like, are not
0: i i've seen one person from fox report on this so i guess my thing is this is, is the cult of fox the cult of misinformation um does any of this get changed because of the results
1: of this i think I uh, i i think more than half a billion dollars is a huge fucking apology because they did have to say this is how much – usually in these settlements, you know, like the amount that is paid isn't necessarily public knowledge. And that was part of what Dominion like fought for, being like, no, you have to tell mm. everyone how much you paid for this settlement. Mm-hmm. And that even if they didn't say, I'm sorry we lied, that is I'm saying, I'm sorry we lied. How does it
3: I, lose- I
2: just want to say something real quick. What? And I say this all the time at work because most of my patients – they listen to fox news watch fox news <laughs> yeah and i tell them all the time if i ever see tucker carlson in person <laughs>
1: i will that guy in the face. <laughs> allegedly, dead dead dead. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Tucker Carlson is the king of questions. Yeah, is no, he but he doesn't like, actually report anything. <laughs> he just asks a lot of questions that then leaves it on but it's to like, fear mongering. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is, you but, know. And they're appealing to an older crowd. Their their thing of like we're entertainment feels very retroactive because it's like let's take the Daily Show, similar to the Colbert Report, from the get go, marketed itself. As entertainment you know for sure versus what it sounds like fox is doing is like oh no we were entertainment the whole time or but worse. no they weren't no they're... no and that's the thing is like you know and that's
2: why i tell people like i like if i ever see tucker carlson i'll punch him in the face I wouldn't actually do that. But, like, that's the sentiment that I portray because he knows exactly what he's doing. 100%.
1: He knows exactly what he's doing. And you know. I'm a little sad that this, this didn't go to trial. Like, I wanted to see Tucker Carlson on the stand, you know? I want to see that motherfucker sweat because these were straight-up lies that were happening. And I'm not mad at this almost billion-dollar settlement that ended up happening. But I also wish... That there was a more, I wanted a public stoning. Mm. Let's just say that you wanted
0: it to be like uh, Queen Cersei walking through the streets. Let me ask you guys a a real
2: question. (laughs) Let me ask you a real question. Where do y'all feel comfortable getting your news from? NPR. NPR. NPR.
3: Okay. Okay. No, no, no. We're in good company. Yeah. Well,
0: well, well, this, yeah. NPR though is has recently left Twitter though because of like what was happening over there, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But <laughs> I think I think this is sort of this weird nexus of what I think the homie Chris is talking about, which is like the majority of people. Don't seek out information. They receive information.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yes,
1: and, 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 and leaves it to interpretation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also receive information without, like, looking at the details. I think that was a big thing from a few years ago where, like, people were, like, quoting news sources. And it's like, yeah, that was an article from 2006. Yeah. Why are you quoting it today?
0: That's why on Facebook you still get those messages. Like, did you know that some insert artist
2: or a- actor or musician died five years afterwards Yeah. A lot of these articles circulate, right? And so, like, you might be seeing something mm-hmm. now in... 2023 that was published in 2006 mm-hmm. right and it's not some because we're so people are touting
1: now. it as like this is happening we need to do something and it's like no this happened and we've already done something and we've moved past it like and then sometimes things don't happen and i think this is also part of like the
0: the, the conversation where you have politicians Typically, wait—are we a left-wing organization? As far as like our podcast,
1: (laughs) we are not. A, we are not an organization. Okay, Uh, I just need clarification before I say what I say. I am the I am
2: the gray area. Okay, (laughs) that
1: that, that's what I like to believe because no, I think we're 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 all the gray area because we we have multiple times on this podcast expressed mm -hmm. criticisms on both sides of the aisle. No, because
2: like here's the thing: is like you can like I'm more than willing to listen to your argument. Mm -hmm. Right. And I will take it from a logical standpoint Mm -hmm. and I will take it, I will process it and I will interpret it the way that I feel it needs to be interpreted. But at the same time, my opinion is not, you know, like people, like people will hear my opinion and it it shouldn't be taken, you know, it should be taken with a grain of salt. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, because that's my opinion that I that I developed. Right.
1: And the problem is that Fox News is taking one
3: person's They're absolute. opinion
1: They're absolute. and being like this is the opinion that everyone should have mm-hmm. what were you gonna say no i
0: was gonna say just to kind of springboard off of what the homie chris said is that i think one you've already done a, an exemplary job for this podcast by being like look this is my opinion no matter what it is this is what it is because i think that's where a lot of it gets lost in the proverbial sauce <laughs> Of what is quote unquote news is because you just have a lot of people in suits yelling opinions or yelling
2: questions like Tucker Carlson with his fucked up face. Mm. And then what are their qualifications (laughs) to make these justifications? On that point. They have money.
0: Well, no, but on that point.
2: but, but, But. From a logical standpoint, they you have and I to both know
1: no, no, We that is not logical. We can't talk logical. Yeah, we when have it comes to, to, to get out. <laughs> yeah, we got to get out of <laughs> it's that immediately. Not logical.
0: Absolutely, because fucking Tucker Carlson got his money from the Schwans. <laughs> dynasty the Schwann's trucks that deliver food and shit that's where tucker carlson's money comes from and th- that there's nothing wrong with that but my point is is like especially with fox news what bothers me more to no end is this whole conversation about the elites who are trying to, whatever, uh, turn your life into communism or turn it into this giant LGBTQ indoctrination or this, you know, blah, blah. They just fight culture war after culture war after culture war and nothing gets done. And like you were saying, it's like you have average people who are either older and no longer able to engage in like regular everyday life with mm-hmm. with a diverse community or people who are just too busy working to put food on the fucking table mm-hmm. to really like absorb what is happening beyond themselves that they that they receive this information and then it just kind of pollutes everything that people think
1: this was honestly I think it took me a while to like get on board with it but this was my favorite thing about the Colbert Report oh yeah was that it Looked at Tucker Carlson and said, this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to present it as the bullshit that you are presenting. And it it gave a very interesting perspective of like this character that was Stephen Colbert, you know, because it, he very much said like, no, no, no. That's a character that I created um, being like, oh, yeah, right wing news reporters are all actors Mm -hmm. it's all act like tucker carlson behind the scenes like they don't even have a bias it's not about bias they are playing a character yeah they're playing a character they're using it for views they're using it for you know like whatever political movements they're pushing but behind the scenes don't actually stand for like what it is that they're saying and have openly said yeah that was a lie and so yeah this is where we
0: end up, and this, has, this is fuck And up. then last, before we leave, how does a news organization have 70, $787 million, over a quarter of a billion dollars, to just... Over dream, three
1: quarters of a billion or, Oh
0: my God, that's the, a that's the rock. Blame Dwayne. <laughs> but how do they have that much fucking money?
1: Ads? No, no, I mean, I know how they have that much money, but like... <laughs> The thing about Fox News is that, like, we'll see how this may or may not influence it as we are, like, moving into the next election cycle. I they might tread a little lighter on their alternative facts, Mm -hmm. as was coined by the last administration, because they've now learned that, yeah, you you will be held accountable I'm just saying, Dana White, if you're out
2: there. <laughs> Not a, welcome on the pod. Arrange <laughs> a match between me and Tucker Carlson. Oh, <laughs> shit. I would, I, Is ooh. this Absol- a celebrity
1: death match? I think I, absolutely.
2: <laughs> celebrity death match. MTV. Fucking Right now, yeah, no, right let's now,
0: we, look, we have over since, 500 listens, so yeah, the homie yeah, Chris is a celebrity. Yeah, I will not let my people down.
1: <laughs> since 2016, I think we should have brought back Celebrity Deathmatch. Like, sure. MTV should have done that because, like, we've needed it. With all that being said, then let's. See segue out of this we always say please tell us what you want us to talk about Uh, our dms are open the email is open and some of you actually respond so it's time for a you'll get at us or going down in the dms i don't know how we call this So this was posted uh, in my
0: DMs from uh, the homie Pinto. Shout out to Pinto and JR. Uh, Always so welcome I'm I'm on the pod. Always. Um, so, They'll be on the pod. Oh, yeah. 100%. So recently, Elon Musk was launching his latest rocket
2: called Space
1: SpaceX. X. Yes. Giant um, dildo. G- Question. Are all his rockets named SpaceX? (laughs) They might be. I think the program is called SpaceX. I don't don't know what the actual rocket is called. The rocket is called Dildo 3000. And SpaceX
0: exploded uh, shortly after takeoff. Yeah, It was an unmanned crew, so luckily no one was hurt, but uh, he was launching. So this is what I've gathered. Elon is trying to launch these rockets that are much larger than than your average rocket because it's all about space exploration. So these are not just rockets that go because into space. Because Elon
1: wants to be known that his rocket is larger than the average oh, rocket. Yeah.
0: And so that they could carry things to potentially... Colonize Mars, colonize the moon. Yes, because we're killing this planet. Yeah. So uh, it exploded shortly after takeoff. And I think
1: this is a good time to ask the question, does
0: Elon ruin everything?
1: I mean, you recently posted on Twitter that you were leaving Twitter. I'm I'm about to leave Twitter. Like It's it's happening. I'm not on Twitter. No. (laughs) It's bad.
2: It is so Um, bad. But like elon in my experience is a I'm, I'm pretty sure he's just a metronome you know i'm not sure he's actually a person like if someone told me like hey we we created androids back in 2012 and elon is actually our most successful android i'd be like yeah cool that like i get sense. that he <laughs> is the most advanced android that what we about have.
0: the cult of elon though like There's what a lot the,
2: of okay. Let me ask, what's the cult of
0: Elon? There is a lot of dude bros specifically, uh-huh. and I mean, like, listen, dude bros, they're people just like anyone else. Sure, do we uh, do they annoy us a lot? Absolutely, they exist, they exist. You're valid, but there's a existence. lot of this like grind culture. Elon Musk is the paragon for success, people, and I don't understand it because at every turn, Elon is always portrayed as, like, the wunderkind boy genius who just sees the fourth and fifth and sixth dimension of things, but at the same time ruins everything he touches. Like, he's not that dude. He's literally a capitalist who just puts his money behind something, takes the patent, says, I invented it, and then runs amok, and everyone thinks he's a genius.
1: So I recently heard a... Uh, a news report that had somebody that's been, you know, following Elon for for a while and like documenting and all that jazz, and basically they said Elon just gets bored. He gets bored, and he thrives in chaos. And so he decides, like, what's the most chaotic thing that I could do? Let's buy Twitter. What do I know about social media platforms? Nothing. But that's gonna thrill me. And so thrives in creating chaos. And out of the chaos, maybe something good happens or maybe a giant spaceship explodes.
3: Mm.
1: You know, so I don't I I don't know if there's necessarily any genius behind it. But he has he has the the power and the money to just create chaos for the sake of his own amusement. And he has a weird head.
2: (laughs) His head is. I mean, that's a. That's a statement. Look, as far as the dude bros are concerned, like actually, you're tapped into the dude bros. You're, I you're, am, you're dude bro I, I Jason. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an ex football player. Like, I'm not gonna lie. I listen to Joe Rogan podcast. Mm-hmm. I do not subscribe to everything that Joe Rogan sure, sure, advocates sure. But, for. But, but That's you why have you're the e- homie. Chris. You, you have an
1: ear to the ground.
2: Yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. And like, as far as Elon is concerned, I think that a lot of these dude bros are just really looking for someone to look up to,
3: Mm -hmm. you know what I mean?
2: And they (laughs) kind of provide, like they pride themselves on like someone being really intelligent, which like, sure. Elon is, you know, by definition, pretty intelligent, but he's, incredibly reckless you yeah. know what I mean mm-hmm. yeah and he because he
1: has the wealth to be reckless sure. yeah
2: exactly because it doesn't cost him anything mm-hmm. you know what I mean so he's like okay let's launch a spaceship because one I can and two like you know if it blows up you know it, it it's the same concept as like you know like should I go get food or should I order uber eats like mm-hmm. I, I can really just Or Uber Eats is going to cost me like an X amount of money but like you know it's not going to kill me in the end but like logically I should really just go and get the food and like make it Mm -hmm. you know what I mean but like for for Elon it's the same thing except we have billions of dollars to work with
3: eat the rich
2: yeah And, and, and that's the thing that like really 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 sucks is that, like, you know, you have these guys like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos who have this, like, unlimited wa- amount of wealth. And, and I want to speak from a point of, like, someone who has, you know, gone through it and, like, has struggled. Like, you know, if I had that amount of money, like, I honestly would not know what to do with it. No. So the, the idea of, like, giving it away Makes sense to me And Right Helping people Who I feel Like would Better the future Right No you're right
0: Actually Going future forward We need to start Our podcast in reverse (laughs) Because Like yo Dwayne the Rock Johnson Is an asshole And we're, like, on our last segment, and it's, like, hard to follow. Everything you said
1: made sense Yeah. at Hondros at, like, midnight. No, I get it. No, then, I get there it. were, like, three points where you're like, oh, I, like, I have a yeah. thought on that. Oh, I have a thought on oh, And then, then I've lost all the thoughts. All right. Let's, uh. I love our music. Let's uh let's let, let's get into the outro of this and see where we're going after this.
2: I just want to know that it's been like five Dwayne the Rock <laughs> Johnson tequila shots. <laughs> Minimum.
0: Minimum. After five Dwayne the Rock Johnson shots.
1: Where are we going from here?
0: Um first off, happy fiestas to San Antonio. We love y'all. Have a good time. Uh, Laredo, your hardcore scene needs to come back. Go to fucking the pizza place. Go to the yoga shop, wherever you got to be. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. We are double digits now. Shout out to y'all. We have hit 500 listens. We thank y'all so, so much. Um, Where can they find us, Chibs? I
2: I just want
1: to say thank you guys so much for... Let me yeah. be on this podcast. Yeah. Always welcome, the homie Chris. Always, we said it last week. Always welcome on the yeah. pod. That is our ha- that is our tagline. Always welcome on the pod. So mm-hmm. you are always welcome on the pod. We've gone longer than we absolutely should. Uh, as we're recording this, you as you're listening may get. We'll get the edited version of this because we're at two hours, and nobody wants to listen to a two-hour podcast. Thank you to the listeners for sticking around for everything that we've done so far.
0: Gemini's production. This
1: is a Gemini's production. Thank you to the homie Chris for hanging out on this week's episode. Thank you guys for having me, man. It was fun. That's right. If you want to follow... The homie Chris. I mean... D- D- you, you
0: can if
2: you want to like my at is at Energit, which is just my name spelled backwards my last name spelled backwards um, D- I'm Hidina not very spelled backwards. active on uh, Facebook but you can compare how much I look like
1: Rooster <laughs> there you, you go wanted. if you want to know why Baby Rooster is called Baby Rooster compared to Rooster you can absolutely go shout follow shout out to Matt Madical who Initially, is that where me. it came from? It he came from mathematical, me. baby rooster. Is that where it came from? Mathematical, you know, the amount of hallucinogens that baby Ro- that uh mathematical takes now makes sense as to why, like, that was a thing and where he came up with uh baby roosters. So yeah, no,
2: it's definitely 100%
1: mathematical. I hear that. Uh, if you want to follow Rooster and find out more things. R O S T M T Z. and that's where you can those are in letters and words. All the things that I'm doing are at Gemini's G E M I N E Y E S. Rooster just dropped his phone. It don't matter. We polished off a whole bottle of Dwayne the Rock Johnson's. Dwayne
0: the Rock Johnson juice. I, I feel electrified. That's right.
1: And this is the People's Podcast. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost them. We're done, y'all. We're done. Double digits, bitch.